Hello and welcome back to the Pants Party. Uh, Harrison Starr here, joined by uh, Walker Extraordinaire, Ben Ross, Harmon Chillibrew, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm good. Could you ever see yourself being a mall walker? Here's an instance where I could see myself being a mall walker. Uh, we had some of this conversation via text. It would be if I won the lottery. I would have to find things to take up my time, and I feel like mall walking would be a great one for those. Dude, you so, don't yes. deserve to win the lottery if you think, if you see yourself as mall walking as a pastime, as a retiree at age 33. I mean, I. I I don't know. I mean, other than... Basically, give me your money I mean, the, if you don't the, know what to do the with it. calculus changes. No, I know. I'll know what to do with it. The calculus changes with uh, an infant son. Because it, it, you just... I don't... Here they got... It's they, the weekend they, every day. They got people. Daycare. And I'm not working. They got people to help you with that, I think. Professionals. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Shit, I'll do it. Uh, Uncle I mean, Ben will fly down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I guess I guess I could, you know, employ you. That that would be it. I was thinking about that, Ben. Like, uh, my wife hates these uh, discussions about what we would do if we won the lottery. I love them, um, so I just have them in my head now. And some of the fun of it is like, with a number that big, like you can just set aside, you know, four or five million dollars to for your friend's birthdays, hit them every year with, you know, a cool hundred thousand dollar check. Have fun with that. So, Ben, you're in the circle. I am so happy to be a part of this club. Um, I'm flattered. Normally, I don't want to be a part of any club that wants to have me, but this is a little bit different. We're talking moolah. Do you think I was also thinking about this in my walk today would would you employ even like I know I just offered up my babysitting services but no sane person would take me up on that but would you employ would do you have any friends you would employ to do anything because I was thinking about this and I have one friend who I'd pay to be my private driver uh, that's a great idea um the, this was one thing that Christina added that was a fantastic idea. I don't know that I would necessarily employ any of my friends. I would just, you know, c- cut the checks to, to friends and family. Um, I, her idea, a brilliant one, was to basically retain drivers in the two or three cities we frequent the most. Because presumably they do it, what, for, you know, a very small percentage of the wealth that you have. But... I think that that was just a brilliant idea by her. I don't really think you need to retain a driver. I think you can give him like a two days heads up. Hey, I'm coming in. Unless you really think you'll be jet setting at the drop of a hat so often where you will require. I just mean that you would have a driver that you would have. I don't know necessarily. That okay, I see what you mean. Fair enough. Uh, we we can work out the details later. But her point was. I, I don't want to be in like three, four, five spots and have three, four, five cars. I, I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. So um, don't have to worry about transporting cars anywhere. Just have them in the one place you need them. And, you know, have a. I'm sure if we had a driver, he would become a friend, but I don't think I would employ a, a friend as a driver. Okay. Fair enough. Is is there um, maybe I'm getting a little too psycho- psychological with this? But is there something to this friend that you would want him driving? He's is a good a driver, and I would never want him to hear me say I, he's a good okay. driver. Um, and I just think I would like, and he likes driving, so I'd like to give him the the privilege of whip, whipping around in my yeah. sick G wagon on Lakeshore Drive. That's the, yeah. that's the card of I. There, there are tax benefits to the G-Wagon. See, you've, you've thought about this quite you, a bit. How, are, uh, are there actually uh, tax benefits? Tell. You're making that up. 
No, no, I'm 100% serious. So, like, what you do is you set up, like, an S-Corp or whatever, and because the G-Wagon is over a certain weight, it qualifies as a business Are you expense. serious? Is that a real so, thing? I had no yeah, idea. it's a real thing. That's why you see so many trucks, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think they make it, like, yeah. there's weights in the car? Because that car, that doesn't need to be a certain weight. Oh my Pro- god! Probably. I mean, they making they it feel inefficient. It like I mean, to the max. I want two yeah, of them, just so that it can be. Yeah, one one here and one in uh, the the French villas that you would just never leave. I think you. I, I was I was also thinking, and this is just uh, uh, criticism of my life. I would just get so deep into the blogging. I think that that's what I would do. Like I would. I would mole walk, I would blog, and I would uh, just try and get super jacked. I think those are the three things that, that I would do, Ben. I mean, you're kind of just describing me at age 60, probably, but <laughs> 60 and on workers' <laughs> comp because I got stuck in an elevator for 16 hours. I don't know. I don't... That doesn't... <laughs> 60. Your vision of... A retired 34-year-old and a retired me, 60- to 70-year-old. I guess they're the same. That says more about you. I don't know who that says more about, but I think it's you. Yeah, I think my point, my thought is, like, it just gets... The the older you get, I suspect, the harder it gets to get into just, you know, screw-you type of shape. And... And I mean, we're talking like I, I wouldn't be doing anything else, Ben. Like, I mean, I think that's that's what's a lost better like, question just, is than going back to employing somebody. Like, would you get a personal trainer? Would you get a Tom Brady? Would, not somebody that lives in the house, but would you get somebody who, who prepares all your meals, tailors a meal plan for you? I think the chef is probably the well, maybe not. Maybe the chef isn't the bridge too far. I think that the issue becomes if you know we're co-locating or I think a chef places. a few days a week um, is a nice touch I, I, I think five yeah. more than like two or three might be really obnoxious but I think a few days a week would be pretty luxurious yeah like yeah I it, it would definitely want that and, and I think I would definitely probably figure out if uh, some type of personal trainer go in there and say hey I want to get super jacked I want to learn how to dunk a basketball those are my two goals, and I, I also want to walk on the a personal side. trainer and um, a witch doctor. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might have to yeah. pay two people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> might have to pay two people. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that Venn diagram uh, has any overlap. Um, bringing up the the dunking a basketball, Ben uh, had the half oh, yes. in, in Madison, Wisconsin. Us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, first of all, just. Tremendous city to run in. Um, like, I've always kind of had a fond place for Madison since uh, the first time I visited in uh, 2021 for the Wisconsin-Purdue game. Didn't set foot in Camp Randall Stadium. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that says enough about how that weekend went. Um, but my, my, my brothers lived there. Uh, my brothers lived there, and we took... Um, most of last week to just hang out with them where everyone was working though. So like one of those types of trips, right? Ben, I'm sure you're familiar. Um, but the run went as well as I could have expected having had COVID, uh, you know, in like week seven or eight of the 12 week training program. So bounced back, had a real solid first six miles, second, uh, second six miles and, and last mile weren't, weren't very good. But I do think like, I was thinking about topics for today. I'm going to spring something on you. I think we we need to figure out the Big Ten 10K. Like, I think we need to try and get, uh, whether it's a, a black heart, gold pants type of run club, or this was what I was thinking, the pants party run party. And that would be how it's branded. Set up some t-shirts for folks to get, uh, you know, Build some profit in there, but donate things to probably kicks for count the kicks or something like that. Um, 
and do, do something for the Big Ten 10K. The only, the only thing I want to say about this, though, is we are running an additional 4K before the actual race, so I can run a Big Ten 10K with the number of Ks that are in the, the teams that are in the Big Ten. And we have to do it next year because I'm not running a 16K. I'll run a 14K, but a 16K, I think, is a bridge too far. What's two more kilometers, like 1.5 miles? Like 1.8. Yeah, I mean, it's an acid uh, thing to say. Um, good takes. I think it's tough to start a running club with uh, for a group of people who, off the top of my head, are spread between four different states, maybe five, and as many as six or seven. I'm not sure. I haven't taken a head count in a while. Um, second question, that's just an observation. Uh, I have a question, though. Of the 13.25 or however many miles you ran in Madison, how how many oh, sure, were yeah. along Lake Michigan? Bummer. Well, zero. Bummer. Uh, because... Uh, or not Lake Michigan, excuse me. Lake excuse Michigan me, Jesus. Uh, what is the lake there? Uh, <laughs> no, but still, it was zero. So, like, it was actually a really cool start because there's like that land bridge right in front of the union um so you start there and then you run downtown it was a little hot so like all the buildings gave you shade so like that was fantastic um it felt like the first half was like downhill and then my liar brother said that it was all flat except for this giant hill at the end well turns out like miles seven through ten were uphill and i mean my brother's not a liar. I just don't think he had the label. Older well, brother's and, and I looked at That's the grading map. So, hey. Oh, I'm, you are off. Brother. So You're maybe maybe this is. Sorry. Yeah, maybe this is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe this is getting back at me for some of the things we did with him when he was growing up. Um, tickle torture is retrospectively just such a mean thing to do. Um, I've apologized for it. Anyways. Um, so none were along the lake. They, there was one section that was like a long kind of, is in like a wooded area. Uh, I think it was like a marsh that it was around. Um, good run though, like a lot of fun. Uh, downtown area is fantastic. Uh, had a couple nights out in Madison, didn't get too crazy, but um, fun stuff, fun stuff for sure. I. I think it's it's the quintessential big or college town. Like I, I just I don't know that there's a better one in the country. That's that's maybe my hot take. I feel like as someone who hasn't been to Ann Arbor, that place kind of holds the belt. Um, people say Bloomington. I've never been to Lincoln. That doesn't really count anyway. I think. Uh, I mean, I love St. Paul. A little biased, but it's a little different. I wouldn't, it's tough to call a college town, I suppose. And Iowa City is a dark horse. You know, you try to put Lafayette up there, and I'm not sure if you're prepared to defend that. <laughs> I self-edited out in my uh, Purdue preview. I had uh, Hell on Earth as the location of Purdue and, like, crossed mm. out West Lafayette. Uh, I decided not to put that in there because... I have a lot of good times from West Lafayette, but uh, I don't know if they've gotten more or less than the four bars on campus that, that existed uh, 10 years ago. Um, yeah, so yeah. I have good times. I've had that's, good times in names. I'm not ready to call it a fun college town, though. It, it's a town that exists. I, it, it's probably a little, little better than West Lafayette, unfortunately. I, I think what, like... What's what makes Madison different than Iowa City is like it is much more like it's not as hodgepodge as a campus. Like I feel like that's what holds the University of Iowa within Iowa back as like an architectural kind of cohesiveness between the Madison, city. The, and UW the is much more spread out than UI. Because you have all those classes. Part of the campus is in downtown yeah. Madison, right? Which you can't walk to from main campus. I guess that's what... I think, I, I think those are mostly grad buildings. Okay. But okay. I know enough about the 
architecture. Then maybe maybe I need to I need to do better. I, I do think the, the only recon I, th- I, I did think, was like, was flipping off. I do think we're undergrad. The camp campus is about as centralized as you could get, and Camp Randall is a really short walk for not really short, maybe half the distance Iowa Kinnick is from the bars downtown, which is is important and cool and good. It is. I question last uh, before we get to it. Last yes, question: yes, How yes, many yes. spotted cows did you drink? That's a fun question, Ben. Um, not that many, surprisingly. Uh, maybe you could count them on my hands. Um, five. Did bring back, though. Brought back, um, was it 12, 15, 21? Um, and Christina has always had the take that she's like, I don't get it about Spotted Cow. And then she had one out of the draft. And she's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, now. I had a revelation. Um, you have that revelation every time you have it on draft. You really do. Because if you don't live in the state, you maybe have one on draft every two, three, four, five years or longer, and it tastes so good that first time. It really does. It really does. I think that that's – it's just better. It's just better out of the draft. Like sometimes beer is, but other times it's like are these just all the same beers like when, when you're at a, a dive or a, a college bar. Um, but with Spotted Cow, there's definitely a difference. Um, I think there is there's something else I wanted to say. Uh, I guess the 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 maybe the the button to put on this is if anyone wants to be a part of the pants party run party. That's what I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna maybe create a fake T-shirt that could be something to purchase or tank top or whatever for the Big Ten 10K. That's what I'm gonna establish if, right now. I think I think I need to if manifest. We get. Do you have a Whoop or a Fitbit or neither? Or an Apple Watch? I have an okay, Apple If we Watch. get 10, including if we get 8 more participants, I will buy an Apple Watch and join yeah. or whatever running app program we could join and, and do this with people. Maybe I should... 8, eight yeah, more think, 8 people sounds I, like a lot. Maybe we should do 3 and I'll call my dad. Yeah. I was thinking what we could do is, to your point, some type of shared thing. Like, I don't, I don't know if Strava is the one that's probably the best that you can link whatever the source of the data is into one. But create a group on that and just see where it goes. Maybe we get 10, maybe we get 12, but maybe like the number of miles ran during football season. Um, Maybe we send a free T-shirt. Let's like I said, just been parsing this out in my mind. Came up with it this morning. Um, more thoughts, but I think it could be a thing. Maybe I don't know. Sure thing. Hawkeye Run Club. Alrighty. <laughs> Definitely can't do that. Uh, don't think we can do that at all. Uh, <laughs> so Ben, um, I guess do do you want to get I mean, I think let's just dive into it because um, two weeks ago when we chatted, uh, you know, we just, just surly, surly conversation between the both of us. I think we, were, we both kind of saw the lay of the land. But I have to say, the second that the depth chart came out um, last week, I finally perked up because, like, I looked at the defense and, like, God almighty – this defense could be good enough to win ten, eight games by itself. Um, and, and I think that's really kind of where, where I want to focus tonight. A, a, am I wrong? You know what nobody talks about? How last... Well, uh, it's been five... I think it's been five years I need to double-check this since Iowa has finished outside the top six in defense. They're number five last year. They're number two. They're number two in twenty twenty during the COVID year. They're the second best defense, and their the offense was I think ninety six or in the nineties this past year, and they were between forty five and fifty six the three years prior, and it's just kind of crazy to me 
how it feels way it felt way worse in 96 last year or whatever it was but the defense felt way better than fifth overall too and that's just how it is year after year after year and everybody talks about like Clemson has always had such a great defense and outside of Trevor Lawrence the offense is lag behind it whereas you know lagging behind it still wins you 10 games and gets you to the playoff when you're Clemson or 11 games rather um Iowa just get, doesn't get that benefit of the doubt because the offense just struggles. So the delta between offense and defense, as we mentioned, Brian tried to hide behind the inverse uh, we talked about uh, two weeks ago. Just never gets mentioned. I, I mean, obviously it does. But with uh, you just have to think with all of these pieces coming back and like last year, I always said my biggest fear about the whole team was the defensive line. They turned out to be a great strength, and I'll, now they're going to be even better uh, this year. Basically, the same guys coming back. Linebackers are going to be way better, and now we have defensive backs who might be you might, might be the most down on, but you still have Riley Moss, two starters on on that, and Phil Parker coaching them. So. I don't know how Iowa's played some really good offenses this year, namely Ohio State, so it might be tough to keep it another top-five defense, but the chances are there. And, you know, just have to see if Brian can do anything at all. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think we always need to establish – a Bohannon moratorium on Brian talk. Like, I, I think we're there. Uh, I, I think... Uh, oh, this is the other p- thing that I wanted to say. Like, every time... I, I want to refer to Brian yeah. as brain. Yeah, um, it's a good bit. I, I think I think that... That was... Uh, Fail Son just doesn't have the same mm-hmm. oomph to it. Like, yeah, we, we all get it. I think brain has an, ir- an irony to it. Um, and the reason I thought of it was, um, I was reading the nineties book by Klosterman and he talks about movie, uh, going into sex drugs and the one that always stuck out. No, literally called the nineties. It's a, within the last year or two, um, talks about going into it. And I remember vividly going into, you know, video rental stores all the time because, wasn't that long ago but the one movie i would always see was life of brian and for the longest time ben i thought it was life of brain and at some point i just realized it was life of brian and i just crazy so i think that's the genesis of brain parents um and i think doing a moratorium because i think you're exactly right like when I look at the defense, to me, the the shaky piece is the secondary. And this was kind of a, a something I was thinking about. Like, Moss is so good, presumably. And I, I think he really is a, a great cornerback that Iowa's had. Whoever's opposite him is just going to get picked on. Like what happened with Greg Maven in 2016, I feel like. And Maven was a good cornerback. But he wasn't Desmond King. So, like, I wonder if, like, that's the dynamic that we see happen um, with opposing offenses. Because I think that that's, that's what has me scared is I really like Terry Roberts, but he's undersized. Really like Jamari Harris. He's missing a game. I just wonder if that uncertainty at that position could maybe be the scab to pick at um, because uh, yeah, Quinn Schulte is going to be coached up by the time real games run around unless he, his athleticism difference is just that bad against Ohio State. But I was you know, doing all these team previews. The quarterback play in this conference is just like not very good. Like There are three quarterbacks that actually scare me, and then it's like, ah, how many more quarterbacks can beat you? That, that's that's kind of where, where I'm at, or at least on Iowa's schedule. First of all, I mean, Greg Maben is still in the league. Like, he's he's been bouncing around, but he's still stuck and stuck. Um, he's on the Titans right now on the practice squad, but still. 
uh, been been on strong since 2017. That's pretty crazy to still keep your head above water for four, four or five years. Um, and then I guess to your point, do you think I think the guy opposite, whoever the the guys who are going to play opposite the Moss might be better than Maben? I don't know. Again, it's just more of a in Phil we trust type of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's a lot of trust in Phil, and I think where what has me scared and scared's a strong word, but like what what I think about when I look at Iowa's schedule is I think they can Iowa State could really take mm. advantage of that talent differential because Hutchison is one of the better non-Ohio State receivers that I was going to face this year. I think he was first team all Big 12 last year. I think Decker's it was interesting seeing Brock Purdy like post a 70 something percent completion percentage because I think Decker's might actually be better in terms of like some of the dumb plays that Purdy would make. I'm not maybe Decker's could make them, but I think there was a, a level of boneheadedness to Purdy's play that is gone now. Um, so like that's kind of what scares me is just that it could get taken advantage of early and just kind of is that thing that lingers throughout the season of oh they're just picking on whoever's going against or whoever's opposite Rodney Moss and since Phil isn't going to really do anything different just maybe cycle guys it, it, that well, that's maybe the that's where you get to well, distrust shit. it what do you say about last year it seemed like people starting as early as the Penn State game people were throwing at Matt Hankins and how'd that turn out for them so like yeah. I don't want to say what you're describing as someone who loves to bitch I, I don't, I'm not worried about what you're worried about I guess that's fair that's fair I, I, I just like, like you said to, to me it's you look at the defensive jeff chart and that that's that's the one thing that's like oh Quinn Schulte and and uh opposite Moss. Those are the two where it's like No I I mean yeah everywhere else. Maybe Quinn Schulte, so but good. again I kinda of feel like safety is usually uh, a garden that weeds itself in um in a Phil Parker defense, you know, like Kayvon went down early a few years ago, and they found Jack Kerner, and, you know, they made that work. Think about, I mean, I'm sure there's just plenty of times um, where, you know, the adage is always just some walk-on gets thrown at safety, but there's usually kind of a method to that madness. I guess, you know, if I'm looking, I guess, starting this defense, I'm not... What am I? What am I worried about? I guess the only thing is is Schulte at free safety. But again, like what I what I just say, um, nothing. You know, Jack Campbell could be you know one of the first linebackers taken in next year's draft. Uh, so we saw Justin was incredible. I was going to say Cooper to Gene at a, a position as important as Cash. Maybe that should be where you should place some of this reservation. I'm just, here's, I'm just so, I don't know that I can look at Cooper DeGene uh, without any bias. I just think that um, he's one of the players I've been most excited to see as a, a high school recruit, maybe second only to Sebastian Castro, uh, who I think is injured, but not on the depth chart, so I'll Stick with facts. He's not on the depth chart. DeGene took his spot. Um, and I just think that, like, he, he's gone through the Phil Parker ringer the last year and a half, uh, played special teams. Um, I think you're right that, like, oh, getting rid of Belton's a huge loss. Like, he was making hay for the Giants before getting injured. Um, but I kind of trust that position more than anything in terms of trusting Phil. Um, cause who have the, been the guys like he moved hooker right in there. Um, and then Belton almost immediately. So mm-hmm. like, I think he knows exactly what he wants out of the position. 
Um, I wonder if the question is, does the regime do too much? Um, that'll be because I believe um, Belton was kind of two times as cash and strong safety. I don't know if he was backup strong safety or not, but I wonder if DeGene actually plays a fair amount of strong safety. That'll be what I was kind of parsing through the depth chart. And, and I wonder if, hey, just stick him at cash and let him be great at that. Real question is, do we end up needing DeGene on offense? And does he end the year as a receiver? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so, either, so but I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> it's a real question to ask, especially if he's like doing insane stuff. If he slides in to be punt returner, um, people seeing with the ball in his hands, like it's always going to be uh, intoxicating. Yeah, you, I suppose you're right. So, do you think he does take over for Charlie Jones and a punt returner? Because there were returners were not on the depth chart. As if that's so important. I hope it's... I hope it's an inspired choice. Now, maybe one of the walk-on wide receivers, because that's kind of been the pathway um, since King to, to kind of walk on as a receiver and be sure-handed between, like, Groniewig, right, was one. Charlie Jones started out as a walk-on. Um, trying to think of who was before I mean, Groniewig. in my time, Vandenberg, Sandoval. It's all been sure-handed. I don't know if those guys were walk-ons to start, but... So I guess that leads to me sort of I made a game. I know we only talked about the defense so far, but... <clears throat> okay, yes, yes, yes. With, I wanted, you, I wanted to give you four categories to break down what, what you see on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So I have, the categories are, okay. I have a fifth here written down, but I can't read my own handwriting, so that's TBD. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, ben, yeah. for, forever on. The, so the last one, but I'll say it first because it, were, it arrived so organically, was the uh, Terry Roberts Award. Okay. So that's basically... The who is a newcomer on the team, a person who, uh, a new, a fresh name on the team who makes a name for himself on special teams. Uh, Terry Roberts won that award two years okay. ago. I'd say either Charlie Jones or Tory, Tory Taylor won it last year. Tough, tough call. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember a few years ago. I mean, when I was in college, it was Nico Law, but he never ever saw the field <laughs> uh, outside of special teams. Uh, so that's the first one. The next one is just newcomer of the year. It's either going to be a true freshman or a guy who hasn't really played a lot, and he ends up being newcomer of the year, I guess. Again, yeah. that probably would have been Charlie Jones last year or one of the Vans on the defensive line, I suppose. Uh, the George Kittle Award, which is the guy who should be playing way more uh, but isn't for reasons we're not sure. And then last, okay. which is just a sad one, is just biggest disappointment that you think. Somebody who's, we can call us a Ty- Ty- Tyrone Tracy Award, which I don't want to give that an award to. Uh, but I think it happens every year, it feels like, with these Iowa teams. And um, I want you to go through these. I know, do you want to talk about the offense first so you have some more familiarity with the dip- depth chart? Or have you... S- 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 no, I've 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 gone slept with these under your pillow where you can do this in your sleep. I know, I know. Do, do I guess? Do, do you also have? I don't. Answers? So like, I don't because okay, I just came up with these. All right, so fair enough, fair enough. So I think the Terry Roberts. I I, okay, I think I do have answers here, but I want you to go first. I'm, I'll write down my answers now. To okay. The objective, but no, okay. you go. So for me, the Terry Roberts Special Teams Award is 100% Sebastian Castro. I think um, just his high school tape, his high school tape is just so fucking insane. Like chasing guys down and cutting off angles, 
hitting with a vengeance. I just think he's going to eventually be a dude for Iowa. And a lot of times it starts in special teams. So uh, Sebastian Castro is my Terry Roberts special teams hero. Okay. Okay. Next one is newcomer. Aaron Graves. I, like, I just think Did he not guy, play a lot last year? I feel like I was his, looking at AJ. Is he really? No, he's okay. a true freshman. Yeah. So I was looking at Epines's freshman year stats. Who, who might have won this award, by the way, as a true freshman. <laughs> probably. Probably. Um, very, very gettable numbers for Graves. 15 tackles, I think. Four, four and a half sacks. Like, I think if he plays in a role that has him on the field 10 snaps a game, it's just going to be a wild impact. Interesting. Um, that this kid can have. Like, so so that is the guy I'm most excited for that's a newcomer. Uh, I, I think I'm stealing Thad's take a little bit because he's, he's always thought that Graves had a more immediate kind of pathway than... Mm-hmm. Than Wampa, um, which I think is maybe where you're going. Um, so, so there's that. Um, from and then the next one was was it no, the, the George star? Kittle Award, the the breakout. <laughs> oh, George Kittle Award. Who should be playing more? <sighs> maybe my fifth category was breakout star. So thanks for reading my handwriting from across the internet. Um. <laughs> I think the uh, the guy who should be playing more, it's probably, I wonder if it's like going to be Brody Brecht. I think it will like, be a if people are just, position player. If people are just like clamoring for, for him, especially considering like he's got the name recognition. People know him through baseball. I think that's going to be the guy, especially if there's, like, no big wide receiver that emerges as, like... I think Keegan Johnson's really good. I think Arlen Bruce is really good. But I think Iowa needs that huge receiver out wide to do a lot of things. And neither of those guys really tick the box. So I think it's Brody. I put Arlen Bruce. uh, But I do think it will be a... it's, It's going to be a skill position player, whether it's our number three tight end, whoever that ends up being... Whichever one of the Williamses doesn't break through, people are going to want to see the other one more. Um, it's just going to be, obviously, you could say Padilla or Petrus, whoever ends up the second quarterback. But the, this award is basically, yeah. <laughs> quarterback number two. Oh, so so this is also like the yeah. Joe Lavis award also. That that might be. <laughs> Most favoritist <laughs> player answer. team award. And then uh, the Disappointment Award. Um, never fun to predict fun. kids not playing well. I just, have, I, ha- I just have such a bad feeling about the offensive line. I think I have to go Jack Plum. That's tough. Um, I think for me, it's easy to say Aaron Blom or whoever takes over as place kicker because all of our last 30 place kickers have really been sensational. It's honestly, there's a story there about how Iowa just always has a nails kicker. And they never go on to do anything in the NFL, ever. The thing I don't get, like, this is a great point, because we we knew Duncan didn't have the leg strength. But he was so good inside of 40 in all sorts of conditions. You would think a team would just have a specialist. Yeah, like have your punter do kickoffs and be more aggressive in plus territory to maybe go for it on fourth down. Like, he was just so good. I don't know. I, I just don't get it. I just, that is the one that when I Mike do Meyer did left Iowa and didn't even like make a camp, I, that's just when I sort of gave up on trying to figure out what the NFL does because – Mike Meyer was he made everything. And he was he made some fifty two and fifty three yarders, right? And just 
didn't even so, yeah. get a sniff of the NFL. And it's always the same bad names that cycle through for NFL oh, yeah. kickers. The Vikings, like, the Vikings haven't had a good kicker <laughs> since uh, Blair Walsh's rookie season was the last time we've had a good kicker. And then don't ask me what happened his second year or third year in the league. But, oh, my God. I, I don't Kicker in the NFL is – I don't get a lot about the NFL, but I think I get the least about that. Because, like, why, why are you calling this retread again? You know how not good he is. But I guess he's just around. I guess it might be to your point earlier that it's like... He's still on the payroll. We don't need to send more paperwork. Do. Just print him out there. Dan yeah, Bailey. I've been, that's a guy I'm thinking of. Like, I think he had some good he seasons. He goes to the Vikings and then dies. But just... I know, I know one, one yeah. friend whose yeah. fantasy football name last year was Death by Dan Bailey. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, so good, so good. Um, and I guess mm-hmm. the the breakout player uh, is just Justin Jacobs. Or I don't out. think so. I mean, like you can make the argument for Jack Campbell being a breakout because nobody besides Iowa fans know who Jack Campbell is. Really, um, I don't know. I haven't seen. I guess he's just so understated. Like he's not like a bumper pool type with people. Just think, I don't know. People just think an SEC linebacker is the, the SEC is the only conference that produces linebackers in addition to Penn State. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think I think Justin Jacobson. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Time. I I don't know that I can put like a first team All Big Ten player. Yeah. Because I have my. Uh, who recorded 143 tackles last year? All second right. team All American. Yeah, I don't think I can Fine. call Jack Campbell a Fine, whatever. player. Sorry, sorry, Phil Steele. So, did you order that or did you just find it somewhere? I ordered it because I am, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to make fun of myself. But it ended up costing like eight bucks more than I thought because of the. Shipping. Steel doesn't do free, free shipping. It just, I feel like, is. It should be a uh, standard these days, sad. Let's tweet at Phil Steele. I just don't know that. No, it makes sense. There's so much color in this thing that. Well, well good for Dr. You get your money's worth that way. Like, yeah, good for Dr. Phil. I guess um, I'm wondering how you just don't pick one of these new defensive backs, any of the three or four, as the breakout player, given the defensive backs' track record. And Phil's track, yeah. That's a good question, Ben. That's a really good question. I think it's just because the Justin Mm -hmm. Jacobs hype train, just like, it felt like it got started last year, but it never hit full steam. I'm thinking we're going to get full steam. He could also win the George Kittle Award. J- Jacobs could because that could, yeah, that I mean, could it always better. felt like yeah. But the problem with like it might it'd be even worse this year because you're like, oh, I've got we've got Dane Belton and future NFL draft pick, and whereas this year it's going to be Cooper to Gene, and it's like, oh, we got this guy who's not who's not Dane Belton out there, so it might it's a, it might be a tougher pill to swallow. I get that. Yeah, um, I like I like the ones okay. that I came up with though. I think the 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 kicker one, Ben. I think that is one of the most prescient things you. Said. Thank you. It only took forty um, minutes on this year podcast. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, I think that the departure of Shudak has been totally glossed over as a glaring hole for this team. The document only wrote about like a paragraph about it in his camp question marks type of deal. Um, I just uh, the way Iowa plays, Iowa needs a nails kicker, and they're kids. They're 18, 19 years old, and haven't done anything on a football field yet. Um, 
I feel like that's going to bite Iowa. And, and, you know, some of those games that Iowa won because Trudeau was so good. Like, he made four field goals against Illinois, I think. Or he had some crazy high number of field goal games where if he misses one or two, Iowa loses. And I think that could be a a really big loss. Shudak, I'm reading dispatches from TennesseeTitans.com where Shudak is battling Randy Bullock for a spot. And Bullock went 8 for 8 today, and he's 31 of 33 in camp, and Shudak has been on the PUP list the whole time. So I am not feeling very good about Iowa breaking, having the next. The other thing, too, is Nate Kading came from Iowa and potentially Hall of Fame kicker. And so people give him a chance on that. But uh, I guess you're right. Randy Bullock's one of these guys, though. Like, he's been on Houston Texans for four years. New York Jets. New York Giants. Pittsburgh Steelers. Catches on with the Bengals for four years. Detroit Lions. Asterisk. Looks like he wasn't even a part of the team. Now Tennessee Titans. So, like, this is... Just one of those guys that just always got the phone by his side. The attentive boyfriend, if you will. Yes, I'll be right over. I'll kick for you. You say jump, I say how high. Good for him. You're right. Kick how far? Kick Mm -hmm. at that coach? And Iowa State did that. I did see that. Did you see that? I wish my tweet had gotten a modicum of traction. What would you say? Are you sure it wasn't on purpose? How do we know he didn't try? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Uh, that was a good game, Ben. Um, did you get? Did you answer all your own questions? I'm the t- the Terry Roberts special. I missed everything you just that. asked me. That um, my Terry. I no. I said it's gonna be. Didn't I say it's gonna be one of the 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 kicker? Or was that disappointment? Oh, no, you said that. Oh. For, the, the for Terry Roberts, I guess, just take any <laughs> defensive back who's fighting for a number three corner or number two corner position. Um, or whoever ends up being the punt returner, I guess. But I think, I guess I'm not even surprised by a special teams player outside of, like, Charlie Jones last year and Desmond King that one year. And Mike Hyde, too, I guess. Yeah. Or a returner, I meant. What was the what was the what was the other one? I can't remember. But it was a, it was a good discussion. I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Um, so here we sit, Ben, with uh, you know, always trying to hit an hour. Twelve minutes left. Um, do we want to to return to our, any brain discussion? You said we're we're having a moratorium on on them. What? I know. Break your. Uh, no, I, I, I know. I mean, offense discussion. Like we talked about the offense last week. Do we want to? You, I know he has a two and a half hour podcast out with Chad and you haven't listened you. So you have or have not listened to it. I haven't because I knew it would just make me mad. Like, uh, so I was, I was going to listen to it and we just spent the entire time nitpicking like we did that Scott article, except it's not. Really, I don't. Sorry, I don't pay for the Des Moines Register. Sue me. Uh, so I can't get it uh, right now. But you're right. I guess do we just want to spend. I, I, like I just said, I don't want to spend any more time talking about it. And then I follow that up with how I wanted to listen to a podcast to bitch about it. So I think it's just best. Yeah. So I guess here, here's here's how we can reframe it. Quarterback discussion. I. Self, self-promotion, I threw this stat out about Nate Stanley and the number of games he averaged over eight, eight yards per attempt in his first 19 games. Now, mind you, Nate Stanley, when he was starting, Brian was his second offensive quarter coordinator, and it was like his 15th or 16th month on campus. For Spencer Petrus, twice as much time on campus, COVID break, right? 
between March and October, roughly. So, like, had to manage that, but he was a, a redshirt sophomore with the January entry date. So he'd been around, like, conceivably, no one was more ready to go in than him. And I think the way... Anyways, back to my stat, Nate Stanley had eight games of eight yards per attempt or more. Spencer Petrus is at just three. And if, like, you line up the best games, it's Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley. And to me, what I think is being done incorrectly from an offensive perspective is we're hearing all this talk about how I was getting more detailed, etc., instead of getting more simplified. Because if I'm going to kind of take an apples to apples comparison about, hey, how could Nate Stanley do this and be not mean to the kid? To me, he was probably running a more simple offense and it was easier to digest and he could do things. But as Brian's been in charge, he just added more and added more and added more and added more to the point that is incomprehensible. And instead of getting back to what it was like in 2017, he's getting even more detailed for 2022. And I think that that is ultimately what is going to undo the Iowa offense. I think that's just giving Brian too much credit. I don't think he has the capacity to overthink the way that you... I, mean, I think he does. Yeah, in a, in a way. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> overthink might not be the right word, way to over-schematicize, over-schematic. I don't over-game plan. I just don't think... I think... The offense is the exact same; it always is. And there's there may be to your point, there are just tiny little wrinkles that don't make any goddamn sense about it that just kind of derail the whole thing. But I just have to think that the fact that there just isn't somebody on the staff who can put together an offense where guys with the skill set of a Nate Stanley and a Spencer Petrus can't thrive is asinine well the flip side is that it is the quarterback's problem yeah i want to stop just short of saying my take on that i think this is this is occam's this is this is occam's razor and i just don't think spencer petrus has any x factor to him but i I think it's how do you see this the quarterback position being handled this year um not well like I I don't think we're gonna see Kirk said it that he has no plan to run a two quarterback offense so I think that means he's gonna he's gonna pick a horse game one and have to be pushed off him so to me it's Petrus, because it's always. Been I think it's the it's the exact same right. situation as last year. No different. No different. Yeah. And uh, I think the schedule sets up in a way that if Iowa just wins, which they can, there's there's a case they could be five and one going into the Ohio State game, right? With only the Michigan loss, and the offense looks no better than it did last year. I don't think Ferentz is gonna see the forest through the trees and be like, oh, this could go real sideways if I don't figure out the quarterback position. Um, I think he's just going to ride ride the horse like a doggo till, till it uh, runs out of steam. And I could see a really weird season happening as a result. Uh, I mean, yeah, if weird means <laughs> disappointment, then yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess there's nothing weird about that, but like something like last year, right, where Iowa got what to six and zero, then six and two, mm-hmm. then ten and two. I, I I don't know that Iowa has that rebound yeah. in them like they did last year. If that makes sense, I think you're right. That sounds right. 
Like, I guess maybe let's, let me ask a version of what you asked me. What's the best case scenario for the best case scenario is Spencer Petras is a different player. But I don't mean a different player. I mean, like, undergoes a Joe Burrow transformation. Like, that's... Like, he just stops caring. Like, stops caring. No, he just plays better. He stops playing with fear. Stops caring, isn't he? You know, he just plays better. (laughs) I think Joe Burrow, I mean, all of his success is being attributed to, one, playing on, like, one of the most stacked rosters of all time. And two, having a guy like Joe Brady coach him in that offense. Whereas Iowa has neither of those things. So they get a poor man's... I mean, unless you think John Budmeyer is going to be... He can't do anything. He's an analyst, right? So he's not an on-field coach. Is that it? Yeah, he can't do Well, I think that was Joe Brady, too. I think Joe Brady was an analyst. I don't think he he wasn't the offensive... no, I thought I thought he was he was the I thought he was like the Saints quarterback coach, and then he was LSU's offensive coordinator was he their for a year. Coordinator? And then he parlayed that. Into, I'm not sure if it was your offensive coordinator. Maybe it was. We have to figure. Anyway, that. no, I just think well, finally we fucking see the fruits of him working out with that fake quarterback coach in New Jersey, and he starts hitting open guys and makes good decisions and I don't know doesn't get sacked as much yeah uh, yeah he can only control some of that okay so so I actually think you were more right say that again uh, Joe Brady Joe Brady was passing yeah. game coordinator yeah and okay. wider so he well. was a coach but he wasn't the OC yeah but that, that was what I was always clamoring for. Like, Joe Brady had the role that I want. I wanted Copeland. Yeah. Because to me, that... Uh, it, 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 fine, give Brian quarterback coach. But it made no sense when you look at what Kirk has done. When he gave Brian running game coordinator after some subpar running years to not find a passing game coordinator on his staff and give him that role. Because this is where the nepotism comes in, right? Because if if it's Brian Jones, one, he's probably fired or searching for another job. Two, if you're not going to get rid of him then you're going to do something that helps him instead of putting more chips <laughs> into his basket or more eggs into his basket. Right? Like, I mean, that's... Like I said, uh, it, what a fun 48 minutes just marred by the last 12. Then. I want to start a jam band and call it the, the Brain Jonestown Massacre. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a band. No, uh, it just that that's that's ultimately where I sit with with this Iowa team is. I genuinely think this defense can be good enough to win eight games by itself. But the question mark you said at at kicker and just having to connect so many dots to see improvement on offense without changing a thing. Like, it blew my mind Iowa didn't try and go out and, or didn't go out and get, like, a, a tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it didn't work out with Coit Cronk, but that's a position of need, and I was just resting on the development of their players, which is good for them, but, ugh. I'm, I don't know. Like, it just feels like it's, it's a, a house of cards which is probably... Well, maybe they know something we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do. They know a lot more <laughs> that's, than That's the point, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what's on the docket for you, Ben? Let, let's, let's end, end things on a high note. 
I have a golf lesson on Friday because my golf game's oh, never yeah. been worse. And that's it. With the DMV today. Did you get a new driver? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You went to the DMV today? So. How's that? I was How's in and out in under an DMV? hour, which. Um, fine. Just had to get a new renewal. You know, have I talked about how I'm just turning in to my parents? Everything we do is the same. Um, I, I don't think you've been quite so on the anyway, nose, but I, I've got I that sense. I call my mom today because I need her information because I was making her the beneficiary of my life insurance plan. She picks up the phone and says, can I call you back? I'm at the DMV. <laughs> it's just incredible how fucking in sync I am with these people who I tried to be the complete opposite of but I just can't get away from it uh, that, that so now I think I'm going to make you the beneficiary then. of my um, life insurance plan <laughs> yeah no make your make your niece um, the beneficiary I, I mean, yeah the, I was uh, I'm going to but yeah Oh, that cracks me up, my friend. That cracks me up. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything I wanted to get off my chest. I feel like I got a lot off my chest today. All, all uh, you know, nothing deep or anything like that. But oh, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about this. Uh, so like, you know, I traveled for the first two, three years of my career, and Christina, my wife, has started traveling. Uh, once last month, or I guess the month before, who knows? Mm-hmm. Time is a flat circle. But some cool stuff coming up for her, potentially internationally. And I am just, I can't believe it. I can't believe my wife, who never traveled for work, is, is about to become the, the international business traveler that I always wanted to be. How, Very proud. how nervous, proud husband how nervous is I guess that's you. the... To be That's home alone it. with Elliot now for extended periods of time. Um, so she's going away next week, and my mom's <laughs> down, so I, I feel good about that. Called in especially, especially, yeah, yeah, especially because his uh, daycare is closed Thursday and Friday next week. So I, it would have been tough, tough. That would be tough. Um, but I don't think like the grasping of just how far she may be away has hit yet. I don't think that's going to hit until there's a potentially significant time difference. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, here's the other thing I want to talk about, Ben, because this was another reason that I was very excited about talking tonight and the football season in general. I'm excited for unhinged uh, Twitter spaces after football games. We're going to have to do those. And I, I, I just know what's going to happen on October 29th is you're going to fire up the BHGP Twitter space. And I'm going to be making my way from Caesars Palace out to the field or wherever that this When We Were Young music festival is going on. And I'm just going to be so mad that I will have lost to Northwestern. And I... I I'm genuinely excited for it. I had to look up where we're playing October 29th. <laughs> the fact that you have these dates memorized. I get... okay. No, I got it here. Oh, got, my I God. The, I got the Phil Steele thing. All right, I'm, I'm ordering that as soon as I get off this call. Uh, see if they have them at your local They don't. We, we have, I have to steal my... I, no, Starbucks doesn't even carry the New York Times anymore. I, this, Chicago's not a city of literature. We just use the newspaper to. So we use the city of vagrants. We use the newspaper to wrap our sandwiches in instead of wax paper. Little ink is good. Good iron. Uh, yeah, that's life. But yeah, that, that, I mean you're that's right. The, you're right. You're that's right. Exactly we're gonna we're gonna lose Northwestern at home. Yes, that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. No, but the Twitter space is bad, and that's going to be fun, right? Like, uh, sure, let's try it out. Try we that out. Last year, we never did it. Like, have have our guys pop in. 
Uh, yeah, we didn't, but okay. I, I feel like they're a thing now. Like, I, I didn't want to be first mover. I wanted to... Uh, but it, I was looking at it, actually. Is that where we should... Po- so, like, you just fire it up. Is that where you should host the it? podcast instead? Um, that's a good question, Ben. Um, I don't know. You want people popping into our podcast every now yeah. and then? That could be fun. I... Okay. Let, I will, uh, I'll give that a good mole. Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah. It could be good stuff. Alrighty. So, uh, a- a- anything else you, you, you want to get off your chest? That, that, that was a, ended up being kind of a, a raucous last five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad we cleansed the talk of brain and, and have, uh, you know, some unhinged thoughts coming, coming your way for, uh, the 2022. I'm work really season. hard to think about how we're going to talk about Brian next week. I, I was thinking we just go yeah, through the schedule. Um, and I know that that's going to be, I mean, that'll have its <laughs> uh, amount of things. Iowa plays one game on grass this year. Guess where it is? West Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. What, what a, uh, let, let's, that is a high note to end on, Ben. <laughs> For Ben Ross, Mr. Harmon Chillibrew himself, I'm Harrison Starr. I'm a big grass guy.